Welcome back to episode four of the Pulse TV podcast. This week we have Dom Chero, the, th- the owner of Thunderbuster Game Calls, on with us, and we're going to discuss his company and his products and let you know a little bit about what he does. So, Dom, it's great to have you on here today. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Dom Chero. Uh, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, uh, just public land up there. Uh, since then, I've moved to Texas, West Virginia. Uh, back from Texas, back to West Virginia is where I'm at currently. Uh, started making calls about six years ago. Started selling calls four years ago. So, Dom, how did you actually end up, you know, in the industry? You said you started about four, six years ago uh, making your own calls. Uh, was there anything that kind of spurred you to get into um, that specific market, that area of making turkey calls? Yeah. So, at one point, the uh, competition caller. And prior to that, I was also a, a tinker with mouth calls. I uh, probably bought several hundred different, you know, various manufacturers, a lot of custom builders. Uh, it gets it, it gets pretty costly after a while, you know, buying 20, 30 calls a year. Uh, plus, at a certain point, you really need to tune the call specifically for you to get the sound that you want. Uh, so that's what made me make the leap into building my own calls to try and produce a call specifically for me. In the way that I run one. Um, the name of your company is Thunderbuster Game Calls. So how, how did that come into it? And does it play a role, you know, in the beginning when you started out? It's kind of a, you know, an inside joke. My, my friends give me, give me a lot of grief because I, I call really aggressive to turkeys. You know, I'll, I'll cut till they come to the gun barrel and make them gobble the whole way. Uh, a lot of times while they're gobbling is when they get shot at. Uh, so that's kind of how the name came up, Thunderbuster Game Calls. Uh, that's 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 where the name came from. So, is there any uh, specific reason why did you choose to go with uh, mouth calls versus like you see a lot of guys they may make box calls or even uh, slate over glass? And so, what's the reason primarily that you just deal with uh, mouth calls right now? Uh, so I I basically ran mouth calls my whole life. That's what what I predominantly hunt with. Uh, that's what I run the best. Uh, as far as equipment goes to make them, it's a lot less time-consuming to learn and master versus running a lathe or even a CNC machine. Uh, space, I didn't have the space growing up to, to have a lathe or a wood shop in, in, in itself. Uh, so that's really what pushed me towards making mouth calls. And that's what I that's what I planned to compete with at the time. So that's what I was building. Uh, plus, there's a lot of, a lot of people make, you know, different friction calls, and that's that's what pushed me towards towards mouth calls. I got a quick question on that. So, you know, if you can tell us, how did you kind of learn yourself? I mean, was were you looking at YouTube videos? Did you get with somebody else that already knew how to do it? Like, how did you basically teach yourself, you know, to make these and, and get that? What did that starting process look like? So, to start out with, you know, I struggled turkey hunting on my own you know being successful in the woods uh so i you know deer hunting i kind of learned pretty quickly got got good at it quick uh turkey hunting i struggled at calling so i talked to an older gentleman about it and he said you need to learn to call with your natural voice first and once you do that you stick a mouth call in your mouth you're going to be able to run it uh so I, i started messing with that a little bit and then it was just trial and error watching watching actual hens, I had pet turkeys for a while, listening to actual turkeys, the way they call back and forth, the sounds they make. 
um, and then recording myself calling and then re- listening back to to actual hens, you know, compared to my own calling is what is what helped me fine tune the sound that I had, you know, that I've been able to make. Yeah, you know, um, so we actually got some of your calls and, and you, you sent them to us and Caleb and I got them out and stuff. And you said something that's really interesting there about recording yourself and listening. I'll be honest, like when I put a mouse call in it, to me, I sound like I'm a dying duck. I mean, just to be honest, or to my to my own personal self. But the other day, I was actually I recorded it and I was like, "Hey, that actually doesn't sound so bad." Um, but mouse calls to me, like, just they're kind of difficult. And I mean, the process to make them may be easier, but learning how to run one, I personally would rather run a slate call or a box call any day. But um, your calls have been really easy to to blow. And so, like, do you have a specific call that? like is your favorite oh for sure um i don't remember exactly offhand i think i sent you guys four or six calls each uh of what i run um i run a three read bat ring bat wing the most uh, and then i run a two read bat wing probably second or interchangeably uh, those are the two calls that i i run the most for sure uh and then you know throughout the day i might might run two or three others in combo cuts uh, but those are the two cuts that I use the most is bat wing and combo cuts. When you sent us the package, that's the blue one. Does that yes. sound right, Paul? Yeah, yeah, it was the blue one. Yeah, of all, I tried all of them, and the blue one was by far, I mean, my favorite. When it comes to making these calls, Dom, like, what kind of, like, can you give us just a brief explanation of what kind of goes into it as far as, you know, time and how much effort is put into making each individual call? Sure. So, I mean, it, it's really simplistic in in its entirety. Uh, you have a couple pieces of latex, an aluminum frame, and a piece of tape. Uh, it's the finer details that really separate one call from the other. They may all look the same. Uh, all three reads look the same. All two reads look the same. You can put the same cuts in them. The sound, but the sound changes. Uh, I personally, you know, I have uh, like a see-through board. It's a piece of plexiglass that I have marked. So when I stack my latex, all the reads are stacked the same every time uh, for each call. Uh, and then the depth of the cuts makes a, makes a large difference. So what I've, what I've done is I'll, I'll lay my latex out, uh, stick them in the frame on my press, stretch them to the you know desired tension. I typically run my calls kind of in the middle. I mean, there's guys that run them – probably 25% lighter. There's guys that run them 25% heavier. I'm kind of in the middle. I run them a little, I stretch them a little tighter than uh, what I want the call to be because the latex does does stretch just a little bit after you run it for a while. They'll kind of, the latex will kind of relax and then that's where it stays. So after you run them for two or three days, that's, that's the sound that you're going to have. Uh, once I have the, the latex stretched, uh, horizontally, I'll pull the back tension, which is where, if you look at the reeds, they'll have a, a bow in them. Uh, that's your back tension. Uh, once I pull the back tension, I'll stamp the frame to hold it, roll the tab over, take it out of the press, uh, trim the latex off the outside of the frame because the latex sheets are larger than the frame itself. Uh, and then I'll put the cuts in, whatever it may be, uh, V-cut, bat wing, combo cut, doesn't matter. Uh, I'll put my cuts in put the tape on and then I have a you know a, a die that cuts the cuts the shape of the tape 
so with that tape, you know, there's a, a lot of calls out that actually have like a line. I, I noticed on yours, you don't have a line that is like that safety mark you can cut. But how how forgiving as far as cutting? And what I mean by that is like, can you cut around your tape? Like, say I get one and I put it in my mouth and I just can't handle that gag reflex. And technically, you know, I may need a, a use call. Um, can I cut around pretty good to, to fit it to my mouth? Yes, sir, for sure. Uh, it takes really all preference. I mean, there's there's actually people out there that run no tape on their calls. Don't know how they do it, but they do it. Uh, the tape is just, just to help seal off the top of the call to the roof of your mouth so that you don't have air slip by, you know, to help seal it up so you get a good sound. So you can, the calls that I sent, you can trim them any way you want. You can take the tape completely off if you'd like. Uh, the way that they're cut right now is just a kind of an industry standard, so to speak. So, I guess leading into that, do you make specifically use calls, or do you just send out the standard and let people kind of trim them down? So, a use call actually has a smaller frame, uh-huh. and what I do because I have a lot of a lot of adults uh, actually run use frame calls, and actually, oddly enough, some of the largest individuals I build calls for actually use use frame calls. I mean, guys that are six five, six six, six seven, three hundred pounds, you know got a head like a five gallon bucket they're using using youth frame calls uh the frame is smaller i leave my tape the same size cut out and i let people trim them as needed mm-hmm. uh, just because the majority of the youth frame calls that i sell are to adults i do sell to some kids and i'll trim them if they'd like but most of the time i, I send them stamped the same way uh and let them let them cut them down as they as they see fit because it's with a kid uh they're they're all pretty much all different, I guess. That's why I don't really try and match it to each individual person when I cut the tape. Right. And that makes sense. And, I mean, the reason I was asking, too, you know, we've had a couple of people that we've worked with or hunted with this year that they actually do the same thing. They're adults and they use youth call just because it works better. And kind of like Paul was talking about to get over that gag reflex, it fits a lot better in their mouth and all that. So that's, that's what I was kind of – that's the only reason I was asking. So, Dom, like, what – um, what, what do you charge for a call? I mean, I mean, I've I've seen calls, even mouth calls, run anywhere from I've seen some as low as three bucks a piece, um, all the way up to man, I've seen some that are fifteen, sixteen bucks a piece. Um, and there's probably more than that. I mean, on some of these competition calls, but what what do you call or what do you charge for a call, or do you have a different price breakdown for different ones? I I charge three dollars a call, uh, pass through on the shipping. Uh, which is four dollars. That's you know with case and everything for your calls. Uh, it doesn't matter how many reads it is, you know, and it, and that's fully custom. I'll I'll let guys tell me, you know, I, I build some for some guys that compete that don't have a press. I'll build them to their specs. Uh, I have customers that like specific color combinations for you know whatever reason it may be. Let them pick their read colors when I have them, and I'll let them pick the tape colors that they want. Uh, most people don't care, so I kind of stamp them out, you know a standard color for that specific call. Uh, but no, they're, they're all $3. I mean, I know that's, I mean, that's, to me, that's really reasonable. Um, especially, you know, with the level of, um, the amount of time and, and how you're spending putting those together. I mean, I, I really, I think that's a great price just to be honest. For sure. You know, I was going to ask, so are you, selling everything direct you know 
for like does everybody have to reach out to you or do you have um stores that carry your products like do you have any kind of distribution uh, avenue that way so the majority of my sales are done direct uh, either through facebook or through phone calls text messages um in the process of building a website uh also i have there are a few shops uh, laurel point outfitters in bolivar pennsylvania carries them uh few other you know gun shops and sporting goods stores uh carry them not on a real wide scale uh, just because it's just me building and i don't really want to get to the point where i can't have that personal touch on every call and have that connection with the customer you know where they can call me and say i'm having this problem so at, at this time i'm i'm really really watching how i expand because i don't want my quality to slack because i'm trying to sell too many no doubt quality is the most important thing anyway so hey dom i mean i guess i I do have this question um you know we've talked about all your calls how has your season gone so far have you been successful have you got a chance to put a bird on the ground or has colin you know has making these calls turned into such a business that you haven't even got a chance to go so talk to us a little bit about what your season been looking like well i'm a turkey hunter first and a call maker second uh been on the road a good bit we we went to texas and in, in march uh the group that we went with we killed five five birds down there uh i elected to call waited till the last day to try and kill a bird and ended up not killing one in texas uh went to ohio uh, for the youth weekend uh, called in some birds there uh, for for a young kid and he just we couldn't seal the deal there uh not gonna lie, West Virginia has been rough on me. <laughs> I I've never expected to still have tags in my hand in, in West Virginia, but uh, I still do. It's, weather's not been great, and birds have been kind of unpredictable. I did kill a bird in Pennsylvania on Saturday, the opening day up there. We we were on birds up there. Uh, so overall, I mean, pretty pretty good season so far. I've uh, been hoping hoping it picks up a little bit more here towards towards mid May. So what I'm really hearing is we need to get you down here to call for me and Caleb because, you know, we haven't been successful. We, you, you, you seem to be putting people on birds. So, No, for sure. I, I'll go anywhere and call for anybody. I won't even take a gun. I just, I just like calling them in. To me, that's the, the challenging part is getting them in shotgun range or in bow range, uh, pulling the triggers, the, the added bonus. So there's a lot of years, you know, when I lived in, in PA, you know, I, kill one bird maybe the first week and then just not take a gun to the last week and call uh, for other people throughout the season. You know, anybody that, that wanted to go that had a place to go that we would go there. So, I mean, that there's a lot of truth to that. And I mean, I, I don't know if you've listened to any of our other episodes, but this is pretty much my first year, you know, turkey hunting. So I'm still learning, still green and trying to figure things out. But I like what you just said. Like if you can get the turkey in the shotgun range, you've already succeeded. <laughs> That's the, the biggest challenge and i mean especially coming from somebody who is a call maker i think that kind of hits the nail on the head like if you can figure that part out then the rest of it's downhill from there yeah i, I agree with that it's uh getting me in getting me in close and being able to see them uh outsmart them is the is the challenge we shoot all the time that's that's second nature to us trying to call on a bird with a brain the size of a pea that seems to be as intelligent as albert einstein most days is pretty tough and then add in public land with a lot of pressure and other guys that you're competing with for the same birds it can be that can be the most challenging part is just getting a shot opportunity Mm -hmm. 
So, Dom, tell us, um, I know you said, you know, your sales are mostly through Facebook and uh, phone calls. So tell us how people can get in touch with you and um, basically reach out to you to place an order. So I have a Facebook page for the for the company. It's Thunderbuster Game Calls. Uh, they can message me directly on there. It'll be me responding. Uh, they can, I can send sound files, pictures of calls, uh, walk them through what calls may be best for what they're trying to achieve. Uh, or they can message my Facebook account, Dominic Chiro, uh, directly, and I can walk them through the process the same way. Uh, or on my business cards or on my on my Facebook pages, there's my phone number. Uh, you know, people are free to call me anytime they'd like, uh, as long as it's not between you know 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. in the morning during turkey season. Uh, they they can feel free to call me. I'll answer any questions that they have. Uh, Walking through the process. You know, and new callers, you guys are more than welcome once you get a call to, you know, call me back and get feedback, send me sound files. That's something I really enjoy doing and part of the reason why I do this. Sounds good. And we can, we'll put the, like a link to your Facebook page and your contact information in this podcast. And then we'll also probably share it whenever we, uh, send this episode out on social media so we'll be able to help people get in touch with you and, and just give every, give them everything they need to be able to reach you so paul you got anything else no i mean i i don't um i just hope everybody has a good rest of the season we're winding down here in arkansas you know when we're recording this i think we've got we've got exactly one week to finish and get it done and i know personally i've got you know a lot going on next weekend so if i can't get it done before work in the next couple of days, it may not happen this season, but there's a lot I think I've learned and I appreciate Mr. Dom uh, being with us today. And, and I look forward to seeing, you know, what we do uh, in the future. So I'm excited. I second that. So to all the listeners, you know, get in touch with Dom, get some calls ordered. Like we kind of talked about Paul and I both have been using them this whole season. We're very happy with them. Um, they were super easy to call. They're, you know, great for, somebody that's just starting out learning how to call all the way up to you know a seasoned veteran that knows everything there is to know about it you know you'll you're going to like these calls if you give them a chance so get in touch with him get them ordered and uh, that about wraps up this episode we will catch y'all on the next one Mm -hmm.